Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And sometimes Mark and Sarah and Alan talk about songs, which I guess is Mastas. Uh, welcome back to Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. I'm your co-host, Sarah D. Bunting. I am here, as always, with my fandiferous co-host, Mark Blankenship. Oh, I feel very fandiferified to be spoken of so highly and with such regard. <laughs> always, always. <laughs> uh, can you please introduce our fandiferous special guest for episode 151? 151, girl. Oh, it's oh, like God, Fahrenheit 151, except <laughs> we won't be burning any books today, bitch, because I don't know how to read. Um, I We are joined today by uh, Alan Reed. Hello, Alan. Hello, Alan. Hey, y'all. Now, Hi. Alan is someone who has been a very dear friend of mine for a very, very long time. Uh, as he likes to say, we've been friends since 1990. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, but Alan is a very gifted performer, uh, an actor and singer. And one of the reasons that we brought Alan on today is because you can currently find a hot ass pop song featuring Alan on the vocals. And uh, we wanted to make sure that you all knew about it. So Alan, and we're also going to discuss in depth a different song that Alan brought to the table. But before we get to that hit, uh, Alan, would you mind telling us a little bit about the song that you appear on? Yeah, it is called... Just enough. Um, a buddy of mine uh, who goes by the name of PG Boo. Um, is... <laughs> That's he's the PG Boo, not like an X-rated Boo. That's right. He's not an R Boo. He's not a G Boo. He a PG Boo. You know what I mean when I say that? It's yeah. about, like bathroom humor and like <laughs> hell and damn those <gasps> sorts of things. Oh, well, um, we see some side boob, but not explicit. the nipple. Yeah. Yes, that's right. That's right. Maybe a butt. <laughs> you said we were going to talk about butts. Um, oh, uh, that's his producer name because I guess there's already a Peter Andre uh, somewhere in the ether of the music production world. Um, that's his real name, Peter Andre. He told me I could call him Peter Andre if it sounds awkward saying PG Boo, but I think we're going for it, right? Always. At this point. I feel like PG Boo is a stuffed animal that I would like to sell in stores. Yeah, but you know what? It does show nipple and it does show butt. So not all stores, maybe a Spencer's. Yeah. Y'all know that? Remember that store in the mall? Yes, of course. Fredericks of Hollywood. Oh my yes. God. Yes, all of it. Um, so he's a friend of mine um, who is uh, doing some interesting stuff in music production. And he's particularly interested in kind of this retro eighties flavored electro pop uh, style with some influences like Duran Duran and Madonna um, kind of Morrissey type lyrics um, with some synchronizers and weird horns and, vocoder harmonies, things like that. Anyway, uh, he'd written this song and he asked me if I would sing it. And um, he actually was, That's this is an original song called Just Enough uh, that I recorded. Um, but I had originally 
thought he was going to ask me to sing on a cover of We Don't Have to Take Our Clothes Off, <laughs> um, which he also released shortly after um, he released mine um, with another friend of ours singing on that. But I had gone into this recording session having prepped <laughs> we don't have to take our clothes off and be like this is gonna be a hot hit i like this song i can't wait to see how it's gonna go and then he was like oh no girl you're singing this other song that i wrote that you've never heard before in 20 minutes and i was and like actually you do have to take your clothes off <laughs> yeah. twist <laughs> twist and um and that's when pg boo became x-rated though oh boy and, well here's the thing did you still drink the cherry wine <laughs> Always. Good. Yes, Thank always. God. I brought my own. Thank you very much. So this song is currently available on iTunes. It's on all streaming services. There is an right. exceptional music video yes. on that you can see on YouTube. The artist is credited as Zipped Lips. Zip, Zipped Lips is the artist name that these are being released under. So it's kind of like in the old school I guess 80s and 90s when DJs would release music and it would be different artists on each track. He's kind of hearkening back to that a little bit. So that's like, why. Uh, yeah, like Black Box, CNC Music Factory. Exactly. exactly. Oh, so oh. you're the Zelma Davis of, of <laughs> 2019. Woo, those are big pumps to feel, but you know, I'll do my best. It's well, an honor. Without further ado, I think it's also worth saying, uh, I think, Sarah, I can speak for both of us when I say that we love this song. Yes, you can speak uh, for both of us. Here is a clip from Zipped Lips featuring Alan E. Reed, Just Enough. Oh my god! I will say this song has been in my gym rotation for weeks, and uh, perhaps it's already obvious from what we've heard Alan saying on this very episode. But the moment when he says, "You better believe you ain't that pretty," oh I was god. like, that, that, "Every time, that's not even the that's not even a lyric. That's of it. Perfect. <laughs> uh, we've all been there, right? I mean, I think I." I, I, but like for real, I mean, there's that contradiction when you like somebody, but it doesn't quite work out, or you're trying to quit them, as they said ten years ago in Brokeback Mountain. Girl, fourteen years ago. Oh shit, 1990. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, wanting uh, someone to like you or wanting to be with somebody, but also being pissed because it hasn't worked out. I think. I think that's what we're talking about there. Oh yes, universals. Um, yeah, so it's it was a lot of fun to record just because it was easy to hook into the lyrics, and the lyrics aren't that deep. I don't think I would be offending PG Boo to say that. I think that's a little bit by design so that it's still fun. Yeah, yeah, and 
I do, however, like all my credit cards and time. That's right. <laughs> Girl, time is money. Um, just as a final thought on Just Enough, can you tell me, you learned from another friend a sort of secret about appearing in a music video that I would love for you to share with our listeners, if you don't mind. God, Adam, Lord. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, all you have to do is just, like, shake your fucking tits and ass and jiggle <laughs> around, and then it looks like dancing. <laughs> I mean, that's really it. That is really it. And it's interesting because there were two dancers in this music video. Hopefully your listeners will uh, pull that up and watch it, who are great. Um, and they did have some choreography, and they asked me to learn, like like, two steps of it so that we could all be in sync for certain shots. And literally that little bit made it look, at least to my eye, like much of the video was choreographed. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so yeah, that was that was um, some helpful advice. Well, I also think it's a lot of, something that we talk about a lot is, uh, can you strip to this uh, when we're talking about a song? And I think that, just remember, it's just about shaking those tits and ass. That's right, honey. I think you can work a pole to this song. You definitely can. Thank you. She says authoritatively. (laughs) (laughs) Don't infer anything from that. And if anyone would like to go out to Brooklyn and find out for sure, Sarah will be appearing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Bring your own Lysol. It is not provided. No, it is not. So... Alan, you also brought to the table today a very different type of song for our primary discussion. So can you tell us uh, a little bit about the song you chose and the artist who sings it? Sure. I brought American Scandal by Ashley McBride. Uh, This song came into my sphere. Uh, It came to me through my boyfriend. He sent it to me. And... uh, you know, it's always kind of interesting when your boyfriend just sends you a song with, you know, no other text. And you're like, Ooh, I'm going to listen to this and I'm going to definitely do a deep dive into these lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to infer a lot of shit from it. And then I'm going to extrapolate a story, looking five years ahead, get mad about some shit, forgive him, <laughs> and then pull it all the way back and listen again. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Honey, that's the story of my marriage, of Sarah's marriage. Mm. <laughs> um. No, I, we've gotten into the habit of just sending each other songs that we find meaningful or fun. Um, and this was one of them, because um, I think we both that we are we both enjoy country music. We enjoy fucking those country divas that you and I, Mark, I know both enjoy. And it harkens to some of that. Um, so that's why I like the song. Um, I didn't know Ashley McBride before I heard this, um, but I have... Um, since gone and listened to um, some other stuff from this album, not everything. Um, and I, I like this woman. I really, really do. Um, she gives me singer songwriter Bonnie Raitt. She gives me Indigo Girls Melissa Etheridge. She gives me Martina. Mm. Um, and I don't think the song is perfect, which is another thing that I thought would be interesting to talk about today, too. I agree on all counts. And listeners, you might remember, uh, if you are a Patreon patron and you hear our special patrons-only singles, that Sarah and I did talk about Ashley McBride a little bit when I, quote-unquote, gifted Sarah the song The Jacket. Sarah, do you remember your gift little song I gave you? Yes, I do. 
It's been in my rotation ever since. Mm. Uh, that song makes me cry, honestly. But uh, without further ado, let's listen to a clip of American Scandal. Lights are flashing, Main Street paparazzi. You got me lining up to watch you want me. Let's one up. So, Alan, hearing this clip, I, I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about the parts of this song that are really working for you. Well, I love uh, the universality of at least the first part of that chorus. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, again, I think is something any of us with any years behind us uh, probably could identify with, uh, you know, like no one needs to know. Um, or like you don't care who knows. I can't remember that. I'm terrible with lyrics, y'all. Uh, <laughs> You're just a professional singer. Why yeah. do you need to know? <laughs> um, and I love that it preys upon that uh, or harkens to that uh, kind of alluring aspect of danger mm. uh, uh, or something that the the alluring parts of something illicit something that's taboo something that's off limits but maybe makes it all the more attractive whether that's a person or <clears throat> something you shouldn't do but you're gonna do um i can immediately hook into that in a hundred different ways and i know exactly exactly what's what's going on and i like mm-hmm. that i like that because i i i identify with it um so that really always strikes it reverberates with me in a deep way every time i hear that it always loses me when she says kennedy and monroe <clears throat> yes uh it takes it out of the universal and makes it specific in a way that i get i totally get it and i get that there is uh, a romanticism to that i just don't find it romantic i know that other people do obviously it's part of our culture uh, but not for me. Um, and that's why I don't think it's perfect, because it alienates me in a small way. It doesn't make me not like the song. Um, but it always it always is a little hitch for me every time I hear it. Mm. I think, and, and I think it's a little inelegant, whereas m- the rest of the song is, mm. uh, is elegant. Um, Sarah, yeah. I'm interested to know uh, your thoughts. I agree about the Kennedy and Monroe line just because I think that Monroe as a like imagistic shorthand um, is bankrupt 
at this point. Mm. Like it's been so oversubscribed from so many directions that I just feel like we need to stop talking about this poor tragic woman for a period of five to seven years. Like you don't, you not even as a rhyme, like find something else because it just brings too much. And it's like all inexact. Um, and mm. like Kennedy and Monroe, I, I agree. It's not, it's not romantic. It's no. sordid. However, that, and there's another thing that bugs me in the chorus too, a, just a little bit. Um, hold me like you ain't mine to hold should read like I ain't yours to hold. Cause mm, if mm. you're, if you're doing the holding, like there's just like a perspective flip yeah. there that doesn't quite work. But the, but the, what makes it annoying is that it's like such a good, strong way to put it that if it were done perfectly, it would be this like enduring line. And yeah. Everything else that's going on in the song is so evocative of like, that forbidden fruit feeling of some affair that you're not supposed to be having or these like illicit feelings, like you were saying, Alan, and the, the music matches up very well with Mm -hmm. what the, the world building of the lyrics in that. And you can definitely sort of picture like, you know, summer in a small town and you're sort of like just sneaking around and hoping all those people on the party line don't start talking about who you've been, uh, We've been getting up to uh, it with. So I think that this is, and she has like a really, she has a strong instrument, but she doesn't, she oversings a little, but I think this is one of those, this is from her first album, right? Mm. Yeah. So I think this, like the video where like she's shown in a bar that she played for over a decade, she's really getting the tattoo that she's getting in this video right. like this is a a little too much verite but like she's made it and she's trying to do everything and the song sometimes is trying to do everything also and should maybe just like like you're you're okay you have a good instrument yeah. you're a good songwriter it's you're going to be okay um but overall like it's just greater than the sum of the parts i think this song and what a smart thing to call a song like American yeah. scandal. It's so broad. Yeah. And I think that's why I hook back in because right after that kind of off putting clunky, overly specific, irrelevant metaphor is she hooks me right back in with American scandal, the yeah. lyric and I, and, and I, and I'm back. And saying that she thinks that the country needs another one and she wants to be part of it with yeah. the guy that she's into, <laughs> that is actually really hot to go it back to what you said about the illicit quality, Alan. Like, that is the kind of lyric that a country song is here for, yes. I think, which is yes. it's, it's, it's a way of country songs at their best are able to take an individual person's life experience and make it feel mythic. And this is a great example of that. Like it, my loins are on such fire for you that we are going to be remembered forever as an American scandal. And, you know, I feel like I was thinking a lot about this, the Kennedy Monroe thing. Also, Sarah sidebar, the only Maryland song that I think is acceptable is the Dan Byrne song that we talked yes. about like two and a half years ago. Yeah. <laughs> So we will start the clock retroactively two and a half years ago. So we only have two and a half more years to go before everyone can start talking about her again. But seriously, everybody just dial it back. Please. But I was thinking, like, who are some American scandals that are, like, sexy, right? Um, 
Bonnie and Clyde is overdone, mm. obviously. But I, I was thinking if I were like going to rewrite the lyric, which which scandal would I choose? And it's like like Clinton and Lewinsky. No, that's Ooh, not no. That's right. really not going to work either. <laughs> yeah, like they're. I mean, I think you could. They're all I think kind you of could say grimy, Leopold and Loeb. Oh, like Ooh. Leopold. Oh, they killed somebody though, but they loved each other. But that it was love. There yes. was a dark, angry love. You could also it. like re-up the Bonnie and Clyde scandal as the fact that Clyde was really probably more into boners than Bonnie. Oh, to Gene Hackman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I and I actually, I mean, I don't know what the answer is, but. I think it has to be less specific. Yeah. Because yeah. I, as a gay man, feel alienated. And that's part of the, you, you know, I, that's part of what I'm feeling there too. It's like, oh, that's not the scandal I want to be a part of. Did, not, I, did not, anyone yeah. sort of read it, though, that she was singing to a woman? Well, I mean, I, I already said Indigo Girls and, um, <laughs> yes well that's what i I, I know who you were singing to (laughs) i just wanted to i just wasn't sure if that was like you know the correct assumption or if anyone else assumed that it doesn't matter obviously but i just sort of figured like maybe maybe that's the scandal where she's at i don't know you know that actually speaks to that old idea in writing that if you are writing a story about the world's most beautiful poem you should never include an excerpt of the poem. Yes. If you are writing a story about an incredibly hilarious sketch comedy show, Studio 60, yes. you should never show the sketch comedy. I feel like probably... The aristocrats. Yes. <laughs> the wisdom here would have been to, to make no specific references, like you said, and then perhaps more people could have played because then the song is capacious mm. enough to include lesbians, gay men... Older, younger, daddy's son. Like, I mean, just, I mean, in that in the porn way, not in the incest way. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no, I mean, and I don't know, I don't know if you can, I don't know if that can be done. And, yeah, I, right. and I, and I like the idea of an American scandal. Yes. So it's like what you put in there kind of has to at least reflect in some way. Right. That cultural reference. Right. Uh, and it can't be so, like, I'm an anti-vaxxer. Like, that's not... <laughs> That's not hot <laughs> at all. Only like a like herd immunity. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to I want to go back to a statement that you made, Alan, about this <laughs> I song. I just got that. That was good, <laughs> <laughs> girl. Um, herd immunity. Oh, my baby got the measles because all these kids are sick. <laughs> all she's got is me. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, I will say that, like, I think maybe Ashley McBride needs to, uh, like, I was reading some interviews with her, and she refers to sitting around drinking with her friends, which is where the song first started out, awesome, as having a meeting, my people. And she's like, let's talk about great scandals, love affairs in a way that's, quote, not so feathery and crap. And I'm like, maybe you just need to, like, sing about what, like, traditionally male country singers would sing about. That's like guns and trucks and turkey shoots. I I don't know. Like, I feel like maybe (laughs) she is a lot more um, 
what is the what is the word that I want? Not rustic, but I think maybe this song was like slightly overreaching how invested she personally was in like a love song or a torch mm-hmm. song, and maybe she just wants to sing about food and well, yeah. cocktails, and I'm here for it. So I've gone really deep on her album Girl Going Nowhere. And it's interesting because this song comes in the first quarter of the album. And I feel like her identity as an artist becomes sharper as the album goes on. Ah, because interesting. The jacket is like three songs after this. Okay. Uh, then you get a, what ask. I think is one of the fucking greatest country songs in recent memory, which is called Living Next to Leroy, which is a song about the opioid crisis. And uh, Leroy dies of a meth overdose. And it's this incredible song about watching the world around you descend into an opioid-addled hellscape. It's an Mm. incredible song. And then she has a love song at the end of the album called Andy, parentheses, I Can't Live Without You. And it's about what I think is her real-life boyfriend, or at least was at the time. And it's a song about how he leaves. She, (laughs) The song is like, the kitchen table's not for male. Um, You always use my best towel on the dog. It's like really specific. (laughs) details and it feels very very genuine and it's not um trying so consciously to be anthemic but actually i think becomes anthemic because it is so much more rooted in her experience and uh then the song the album's penultimate song is called el dorado which i think is in a way a companion piece to this song it's a road anthem and it's about her and andy driving and they're not going to stop until they get to el dorado and it's like so fucking great so i feel like to me what really works in this song is something that alan mentioned earlier which is that 90s country anthem and anthemic energy but i feel like that it's interesting that by the end of the album i think that she's done it even better than what she does here but again Mm. i like this song i'm not mad at this song i like it too, too but i'm sort of like I think I'm nitpicking it because I wanted to like it even more. And Mm -hmm. I think she has all the tools to be an artist that I love. And it's like, you know, once you sort of dig into it a little more, it's like, oh, this isn't quite, it's not quite as good as it could be, but it's still really good. Yeah, I agree. And also I was, you know, like I said, when I first listened to it, when my boyfriend sent it to me, I'm, I'm I'm automatically thinking, ooh, what message is he trying to send me? <laughs> you know, what are what is he what is he saying to me by sending this song? And then I was like, Kennedy and Monroe, what? Who does that make? Who am I, Kennedy? Am I J? Am I Marilyn? Is the CIA uh, going to kill me and then make it look like a drug overdose? Right. What? I mean, I, I guess I'm Marilyn because I'm an actor, but I, you know, I, and so <laughs> I. <laughs> you know, and that that's just shows a little bit of my own anxious thought process, but <laughs> that is it really threw into relief for me uh, how much that Kennedy and Monroe piece just like hitched a little, not in a way that prevents me, like you said, Sarah, from from liking the song. But I do think it pointed up that I wanted to like it a little bit more. And I should listen to the rest of this album, which I haven't. I also listened to another song from this album about, like, I don't know, the, the gist of it is, like, you motherfuckers, I made it now. What oh, is yeah. that song? Girl Going Nowhere is that That's song. right. Yes, 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 uh, which I, which I really like. The song, A Proud Tradition in Popular Music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
I think so that's I, like how Todrick Hall basically started his career. Yeah, basically started from the bottom. Now we hear. <laughs> mm-hmm. But again, uh, listeners, if you want to dive a little deeper into the diva fabulousness of Ashley McBride, uh, my choices, my suggestions to you again would be the jacket, living next to Leroy, El Dorado, and Andy. I can't live without you. But again, American Scandal, a little dive bar in Delonica is another good one of hers. Oh my uh, god. She's she's good. She's good. And, you know, country music is so shitty to women right now, like the, the mainstream country, that to have a woman of this quality existing and being distributed widely, we need to support her. Um, yep. well, I do want to go back. It's really amazing. Like that is a two minute song that gets decades in and is yeah. great. So, yeah. I'm not going to lie to you, listening, uh, preparing for this episode, I was listening to The Jacket again, mm. and the last verse, I got, I got, a tear fell down my face in my kitchen, because it's like, uh, when she puts the jacket on at the end, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, it's the old um, holes in the floor of heaven effect, that you're like, I'm being manipulated, I don't care. Please <laughs> continue to twist my knobs, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask y'all a question? C seventeen Boo has reported <laughs> to um, the podcast. So, what do we think? So, you've often heard people when they've had writer's block. You know, this is in, I guess, the ether of our culture. Culture saying like, well, if you don't know what to write about, write write what you know. You know, you we've all heard this, right? Yes. Yeah. And I feel like I'm hearing more and more music about people's music careers <laughs> yeah, or struggles to be a star. Um, you know, girl going nowhere is obviously what, you know, kind of set me down this road. But then I off, I, I was thinking about Todrick Hall and that album that he released uh, straight out of Oz. Remember yeah. that? Oh yeah. Um, We've covered a song of- from that. You know, all much of that album being my like how he felt like he was shit on, um, and not where he wanted to be, but then ultimately made peace with it. Clearly, he hadn't because he's, you know, kind of, I I believe, you know, falling back into thick with the people that he was being pissed at for not loving him enough back then. Um, I am rarely compelled by those types of songs ashley mcbride in that in this case is a little bit of an exception because i just love the vibe of it Mm -hmm. but i don't love i guess singer songwriters writing what they know (laughs) (laughs) i am not in any way a fan of the it's so hard to be famous song Mm, yeah and oh god you can almost count uh, like you can almost say okay the third album is coming out so I guess this is the time when we have to have the yes. you want a piece of me Touring all the flashing sucks. lights. Yeah. I right. swear I didn't cheat on you with that roadie, except I totally did. Of course and we all know you did. Yeah. Well, we talked about this, Sarah, when we talked about Wanted Dead or Alive yes. by Bon Jovi too. It's like, Boo Boo, I I don't how how bad am I supposed to feel for you, for y'all? You know what, motherfucker? No. Well, there's, I mean, there and there's subgenres of this too. And then you have, uh, there's the like, um, this is my big comeback because y'all didn't understand when I tried to do a roots rock album. Um, 
how, how dare you judge me for creating an alter ego and trying to tour behind it? Um, Chris fuck Gaines. you for not coming oh. to the movie I self-financed and starred in. Like, there's whole, I mean, there's whole subgenres with all of this stuff. And then there's, like, earlier in the career that it's like, hey, the following people picked on me in seventh grade. I will now list your names. Uh, which, fine. Like, I am Lori Petty. I get it. But there is a... And, like, Amy Mann sort of perfected, like, their entire mm. albums where she's pissed about either having to make it or not being able to record it. And it's like, okay, at least she's good at it. Right. But, you know, there is... For some of these people, like, unfortunately, if they got famous young enough, then there's really not, like, enough um, what you know that's not the machine for them Mm -hmm. to continue writing interesting stuff. Like, frankly, and sort of, I'm kind of agnostic on Taylor Swift. Good for her. She's not taking my money. But you do wonder when she's going to, like, run out of any material that's not about her relationship with the internet which is like okay yeah yeah yeah. good i'm also thinking i feel this way also about novelists who write about being college professors oh god yes lord like i hate lord oh my god the fucking book with the goose on the cover what is that book called it, well, no, and um, the guy who wrote oh, Richard Russo, Richard uh, Russo, who yeah. wrote Empire Falls, which is such a great book, wrote mm-hmm. this book called Straight Man, which is about a college professor. And I'm like, we get it, Richard Russo. You feel like that it's oh, they, emasculating. Yeah, they all have at least one: Philip Roth, John Updike. That it's like, well, I'm sorry that you, you know, agreed to fuck the same person for forty years and then failed to live up to that agreement while and then teaching college girls about. And there's always like seven chapters about the internecine fighting to get the best office. And I'm just like, ugh, And then he discovers his first gray pubic hair and you're like, nobody gives a shit, dude. (laughs) Although that is an arresting moment, I will just say. It It is. is. (laughs) I agree. It's a moment we all have to contend with or will soon. (laughs) Except except for me because I just shave it all off. Um, So... Fancy seventeen like, boo still with us. It always those <laughs> that's right. Fancy seventeen boo has at this point filed an LLC. <laughs> I feel like in all she's cases, incorporated in Delaware, by the way, because <laughs> the laws are so um, beneficial. Permissive. To they really are tax credits. <laughs> um, it just shows a dearth of imagination on the part of any artist when they dip into the well of how hard it is to be an artist. And I feel like if you find that that's all that there is that you know to talk about, why don't you put your implements down and go do something and then come back? And it makes me really respect artists who don't have to do that. And, you know, God love her. Madonna is very guilty of this. Mm. Like Mm. Michael Jackson was very guilty of this. Like, no. So who's not guilty of this? Dolly Parton. That's right. That is correct. And there's a woman who has written countless songs about struggle, personal struggle, her, you know, when she was a kid, you know, in love throughout her career, but it has never put me off partly because she's an angel on this earth and has never made a mistake. It's goddamn as right. far as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> even stri- and I'm going to go down like uh, uh, saying that straight talk is a good movie. <laughs> 
right. Well, so, we, you know what? We know what? have to part ways at the crossroads that is little Andy. No. <laughs> but me and little, but ain't you got no gingerbread, honey? Listen, come not, for me. Not do for it. <laughs> I don't care. But, and I, I acknowledge, <laughs> I acknowledge that that struggle is real for these people. I am not saying don't write about it. But when you're putting it out there, have a maybe some level of understanding. Yeah, that that's the thing. There are other people that you are hoping will listen and identify with this who maybe work at Walmart, who maybe are, you know, have less perceived glamorous jobs than what people I think think it means to be an artist. And I think there's a lack of universality um, to some of these lyrics. And I I think it puts me off, even though I am an artist, because I'm like, you know, nobody gives a fuck about the years I spent slinging hash or waiting tables if I ever become famous. I mean, they, right. you know, because they will know me as a famous person. And it will sound petulant, maybe. Uh, I think it just goes back to the idea that, especially when you're working in popular forms like this, at a certain point, you are an artist, but you also have a job to do. And your job is to, I would argue very often, just find a way of channeling your perspective through language and points of view that are not solipsistic. There's a way to be specific and personal but not be solipsistic and it's not something that everyone can do and i think that amy mann is a good example like you said sarah of someone who has mastered the balance angel on the earth dolly parton also has mastered it <clears throat> so what i guess we could say ultimately to bring it on home ashley mcbride hello girl we love and support you on the second album i need the second album to not contain anything about what it was like when you was on tour and somebody said some shit to you at the radio station. Unless, when you were promoting your first album. Unless <laughs> you either got in a fight about it or invented a cocktail based on it. Those Ooh. are songs that I am here for. Actually, if Ashley Manhattan's and Fisticuffs, invent- I'm giving you that mm. one for free. Do the right <laughs> thing. You guys, have we pissed have we pissed Ashley off? No, I think we're going to find out soon if somebody gets punched in the face. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Ow! <laughs> Take the R train to 77th Street. I'll be waiting for you. <laughs> oh, shit. You know, that's, a, that's, a long, that's a long trip. Yeah, see, this is what keeps me safe. <laughs> I'm going to kick My ass out. over oh, here in that. Midtown, I can get clocked, popped, and dropped at any second. <laughs> <laughs> well, honey, I'm in Jersey, so you got to cross a river. Yeah. Whew. And it's yeah, and bring a and knife it, seriously. <laughs> now that's that's an American scandal right mm. there, right there. All the folks down in Lynchburg, Tennessee. Been working hard for good old boys like me. Y'all, Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship, a.k.a. me, and Sarah D. Bunting. And it's edited by Sarah D. Bunting as well. Do you want to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com. 
Tweet us at TalkSongs or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mastus.podcast. To become a supporter and producer of this podcast, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mastus where you can get access to all kinds of cool bonus content and vote in our ranking episodes. Thanks for listening. Maybe it's the band and the sad old song That keeps me buying rounds It keeps me turning down Any girl that wants to dance You ain't giving them a chance Whiskey's supposed to drown the memory I've gone from one to one too many And the thing that really gets me is how your memory drowns a whiskey. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.